So we thought it would be a really good idea to have in this presentation the feminine perspective. Amen. Right? Since we're talking about masculinity and femininity. Um, this is my wife, Shelly. And she is everything I ever wanted. And I got what I wanted. And even despite all the hard times, which was difficult and sometimes still is, uh, we have really learned to love each other. And she has learned to live above her pain. And watching her character develop and who she is as a person is amazing. She is so much better a person than I am. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> when... I was single, and, and people in the church said, what kind of um, woman are you Don't looking for? Yeah. I said, uh, I said uh, I'm looking for a woman who has the soul of Mother Teresa. I, I'm not making this up. I said, I'm looking for someone who has the soul of Mother Teresa and the looks of Kim Bassinger. <laughs> and, and, and my co-pastor's wife said, that's really great, Mark, but what if you get the opposite? <laughs> which was pretty funny but it didn't happen i really ended up with someone who has this the heart was, of mother teresa when I was 84 pounds i'm sure you reflected no when you were 80 when you were 84 pounds you looked like the people that mother teresa yeah. worked with <laughs> those old skinny biafran ladies you know or whatever i used to call her stick woman this is great one time one time we'd been married about six months, and, and we were lying in bed, and she woke up to this. She was lying flat on her back, and she woke, up to the, she woke up to this. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, sharpening it. <laughs> okay, I better leave now. Right now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Well, Mark, you did a really good job of talking about men and women and God's divine design. And um, I don't know, I just, just listening to it all over again, I thought, I want to get on board. <laughs> so I, I'm going to try to bring some practical in. And it, yeah, it will be from my perspective as a woman, but I know there will be some, um, the same principles for you guys. It's like, how do we walk this out? Anybody want to know? Like, we got this great divine design, but how do we walk it out? So the first thing we're going to do is ask a question. And I have a little visual aid. I used to be a Sunday school teacher, right? <laughs> Live on these things. But my hope is that having this visual aid, by the time we're done with this discussion, we'll have something that helps us kind of unplug from one thing and plug in to what we need to. So my first question, who's charging you? You see, the DNA was built, right? Men and women in the garden was functioning beautifully. But what happened? <laughs> yeah, there's the noise from the men. Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, but uh, what happened is they... It was. It's, well, do we expect anything different, really? So, but what happened is Eve started taking her information from somewhere else, right? right? So it wasn't that her DNA was bad. It's that her source was bad. So we're going to use this visual image because 
I'm going to tell you some stories that uh, in the beginning of our marriage, when I was plugged into, uh, I would say, the wrong source and uh, very much uh, drove you pretty batty. So, um, and then we're going to talk about the good stuff at the end, so we're going to leave a good note. But tell me, what are some of the other sources we men and women listen to when we go to be about being men and women. What are some of the other sources? Uh, friends, Hollywood, media. media. Yes. What else? Parents. Parents are role models. That's a really big one. We, you know, what we think, what we grew up in, we think is normal, so we just live that way. What, what other sources? Friends. Friends. Therapy. A therapist. Great, great. Okay. In-laws. Big time. Does that fuel any of your, does that drive any? What's that? Co-workers. Very much so. What, what about fear? Does fear drive some of it? How about shame? Guilt? How about Satan? <laughs> the devil made me do it, right? Right? How come nobody said that? Where, where have you guys been? So that's, that's what we're going to look at. Who is giving us the information? And it isn't just information. It's energy, right? We're either going to be getting sourced and resourced by God that gives us the power and the energy to be selfless, or we're going to be having fear drain our energy. And we're going to be like you know, people in a sinking ship and bailing out water and blaming each other. So the source is really important. So um, when I first got married, I came into marriage with a little box of expectations. So I didn't know they were expectations. I thought, well, you know, you hear in sermons that man is the head of the home, and so you think family devotions... You think activities that will bring out our, our spirituality, right? Am I crazy or did anybody else sort of think that's what it is? And, you know, a lot of it is because we have pastors that lead family devotions in their lives, in their homes, because they're teachers and that's what they do. But if we were to take a survey right here, I'm sure there'd be a lot of women that would say, uh, unhappened in my home. Is that right? Can we be honest here? Well, let me tell you. Uh, a lot of my expectations came from the grid that I look through life. You know, a worldview. We don't know we have a worldview. We're wearing glasses, but we don't know. That's just our worldview. So this next slide is going to show my worldview. Here we come. One more click. Shelly, action figure. <laughs> okay, now, it's not super action figure. Just because she's really active does not mean she's godly and doing great things. No, it just means she's active. She's ready. We're going to have something happen. You see, I was an activist. That was my temperament. Some of it probably from wounding. Some of it probably, well, I think we know my mom. <laughs> activist central. So, you know, it, that's just was my worldview. 
So I came in with these expectations for activities. I looked at the head of the home would be initiating activities. Okay? I want to introduce you to Mark. Another click here. Mark, the reflective. Mark, the thinker. Let me give you an example here. When we're, when we're first married and I come and say, hey, you want to pray for the day? You want to start the day? Well, I'm kind of bouncing off the wall. No need for coffee here. Uh, and there he is. And, uh, and he says, sure. So a period of time goes by. And I sort of take that sure to mean something's going to happen. But eventually he kind of comes over, sits down, plays with the dog. And, and this is his prayer. Lord, thank you for another good night's sleep. <laughs> and, okay, so here, action figure, meeting pensive thinker, I'm thinking, okay, night's sleep. Okay, ten children die every minute from preventable diseases. <laughs> Times that by eight hours, we've just lost a multitude of children. What are we going to do? Okay, action figure, pensive thinker. Oh, let's think about that. And then he goes back to playing cards. Uh, computer. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking through my grid thinking, eh, something, something needs to be adjusted here. Anyway, um, I've talked to some girlfriends who have had the same experience. You see, we're plugged in both through our grid, but through expectations of what a head of the home is supposed to deliver. And uh, she said when she was in college and when she was on church staff, she had great biblical deep discussions with other men. And they had those kind of discussions at their homes with their wives. And so she, you know, they read a chapter together, her and her fiance, and then she turned to him and said, so what do you think? He said, it's good. <laughs> she said, well, well, what stood out to you? Nothing. <laughs> so I remember praying with her, and fortunately, it was a number of years into our marriage where we had come to some better understandings. And um, so just after I get through telling you the bad things that I was plugged into, I'm going to tell you how Mark and I came on the same planet and, and how she and her husband did. But not only was there um, the activity, but there was also a sense of uh, emotional support, okay? Not only am I an action figure, but I'm also an enthusiast. And an enthusiasm has high highs and low lows, okay? So I meet Mr. Mark, I knew him real well. He pastored the church I was at, stable. So in my mind, so in my expectations that I was plugged into, I thought he would sort of bring some equilibrium to me, <laughs> that kind of support, that strength, strong man, head of the home. <laughs> when a man feels like he needs to fix something, he's good. 
He'll take it. He'll get his tool belt out. He'll get started on you. But what if you don't conform as quickly as he would like? What if actually your tears continue? What if they turn into uncontrollable weeping on his shoulder? What if this happens during NFL, okay? August to February, nada, nothing, zippo. Sorry, honey, I wasn't going to tell the real picture here. But what is happening is I came with emotional expectations. Be there when I need you. You know, provide that strength. You know, our God is a jealous God. And there are things he wants us to get from him first. And so thank goodness that our guys, that our women, don't provide everything we think we need. God wants a relationship with us. He sent his son and died so we could have a relationship. He doesn't want to be put on the back burner. Now, when you come into that relationship and you are getting filled with the love that God has for you as a person, the relationship in marriage, good friendships, good family relationships, accentuate that, don't they? They accentuate it. They help you even learn how to love God better. But they are not a substitute. So... I put emotional expectations on Mark. I put spiritual expectations on Mark. Um, and my grid saying, head of home. I want to read you a quote from uh, Tim, Timothy and um, Kathy Keller. They wrote an excellent book called The Meaning of Marriage. And this is what they wrote. Um, next slide here. While the principle is clear that the husband's to be the servant leader, the Bible gives almost no details about how that is to be expressed in concrete behavior. The scripture does not give us a list of things men and women must and must not do. It gives no specific directions at all. You see, it's true. There will be times of spiritual connection. He is the initiator. He is the strong person that God has made him to be but when we start to dictate how that's supposed to look specifically we get on very dangerous ground we are plugged into a source that's feeding us information that God never initiated God never gave a list so you know part of unplugging from the wrong source is letting go of some of this stuff now I'm not um I'm not saying, men, that you just kick back and just be whatever you want to be. No, we, we need to connect with you spiritually. We really do. And, and this another part, I, I don't know how to say this delicately, but don't make your spiritual expression so hard to find that it takes a detective. Okay? That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. So... The next thing I found myself doing was putting a badge on myself. You see, I didn't 
only have expectations for Mark, I had expectations for me too. Now I'm sure most of you here in this room have children, so you know this expectation because you feel it for your children. You want the man to be a spiritual husband, spiritual head of the home. Next slide, Wayne. Oh, I forgot something. <laughs> Oops. I wanted to tell you first, the results of having expectations are very serious. Um, disappointment is the first thing that sets in. They know when they're not measuring up, don't they? Remember our DNA as women, we are influencers. Our emotional well-being affects the home more than we will ever know. And it's not like I can express my disappointment and that will bring some warrior up out of Mark who's just going to, you know, charge ahead and fix the fix this thing. No, what happens is when, dis when the wife is disappointed and discouraged and even into self-pity, you withdrew more. So, some men won't, but some men, if there's something they can't fix, it just causes a reaction of withdrawing. And so it's really crucial that we keep check. We keep checking where we're plugged in because our disappointment can really affect the home. Criticism is another thing. Now, it's very easy. Uh, criticism very subtle. Oftentimes, we think we're giving helpful hints. Do, do you understand that? Just a little helpful input. But we're not the only ones. We're actually joining a long line, standing ready to give your spouse helpful input. Bosses, coworkers, <laughs> um, mother-in-laws, friends, family, they're all stacked up. Their job is to help this guy be the best he can be, right? It's criticism, no matter how you paint it up. And for me, I mean, especially when someone's in the public eye, there's a lot of input, right? To get some input, especially on Mondays, input. So, I mean, there would be things like someone would say, well, you know, Mark's losing influence because he just jokes around a little too much. Well, that makes sense. So I'll join in that choir. Was that helpful, honey? No. no. <laughs> it was helpful. It was easy to join in the droning choir. If I had unplugged from that source and plugged into God, I would have discovered a lot earlier in our marriage that he was built that way. Remember here in this very room, there was a prophetic gift given at one of the schools, the supernatural, was a clown. And everybody knew who it was for. So that's one thing that happens. And criticism has a couple paths. It doesn't just go to your spouse. Sometimes it will seep to the side and you will find your very good friend that you just need to vent with. If I could just vent, I'll feel so much better. Just get it off my chest. They'll understand. They know that I really love him. They know that I love her. I just need to express this. Well, what's a little poison between friends? Really, that's what we're doing. We're planting seeds of discontent in them. God has given us 
a venue for our, our discouragement. And, and that's prayer. The Psalms are filled with the psalmist crying out the depths of this heart. Don't poison your friends. Now, there is a place for godly women and godly men. I'm going to speak about the importance of mentors. I could not emphasize this enough. But criticism, clothed, inventing, or helpful input, it's not the right source. So the other thing I found, the next slide, the expectations I had for me. I am the inspector, adjuster, responsible for a spiritual husband. And as I said, many of you in this room have children. Um, you feel that burden as a wife that they need a godly father, right? Well, I seem to find, I seem to have embraced seeing the whole church as your children. And so the responsibility I felt to produce a strong male father into hundreds of people. Now, was that a little pressure, dear? Just, just the articles that I would leave open or maybe the little retreats or the little hints here and there. That was good? That worked for you? Oh, okay. <laughs> what I think we found, all those things, is that they... Um, they piled up, and um, one of the things that happened was um, Mark knew he was a project. They know. You know, it's funny because some of the same things I did back then, like prayers I prayed or articles, I, I can say now, but I say them out of a different source. And you know right away, don't you? You know when I'm driven by fear. You know when I'm driven by my little badge, and you know when I'm fueled by God. It's it, absolutely, absolutely. So he felt like a project. He felt very depersonalized. Um, the second thing that happened was I confused this badge with my identity. I started seeing my job in producing a spiritual head of the home was who I was. I forgot that I was a child of God. I forgot. I got my identity all confused with a role. And when my role got so often, it just got very confused. And there's a quote I want to read from Graham Cook, because I've even heard women say this. They've said, I'm just here to be my husband's helpmate. That's just all I'm here for. And you know, that sounds really wonderful. It sounds very spiritual. But what happens is if you're not plugged into God and developing who he has called you to be, everybody around you is going to suffer. And especially your husband, because you're going to put all that focus and all that energy on him. So instead of getting these signs that he was feeling like a project and that I was confusing my identity. Um, some women, some smart people, would kind of pull back and rethink. No. <laughs> my greatest asset is that I'm a terrier, and my biggest downfall is that I'm a terrier. When I feel responsible for something, I do not quit. 
I, you'd have to carry me off with a stretcher, and they did carry me off with a stretcher a couple times. But you know, that only gave me a breather. So I came back with more energy, right? But what happens, I heard this great analogy. It says, when you're lost, you're in the dark and you're, you can't find the house you're supposed to go to, driving harder and faster is not going to help the problem. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. Instead of thinking through this, I just tried harder and I tried harder and I tried harder. But here is something. And here is the switch. I am so thankful to you, Mark. And I go on record and I say this as many times as I can. I'm so thankful that you love me enough to draw the line and say no. Manipulating, whining, complaining, self-pity, no. You knew that love was not letting me at who I was not. Love is calling out your husband or your wife for that divine design, not fueled by some shame or guilt or some false expectation. So Mark drew a line in the sand. I did not like it. I don't like it to this day. When I say thank you and I go on record to say thank you does not mean I enjoyed it. You know, sometimes, oh, this is funny. I've even go, I even went to the elders of, of our church back home, really concerned that maybe he was just a little, um, you know, needed a sabbatical or something. You know, there, there's something just wrong. You know, he, he was just a little too grumpy, a little too angry. You know, he was not going to put up with ungodly behavior. So that's what I want to say. It is so crucial that we do not tolerate. We can look real nice being accepting of, you know, some problem behavior. But there comes a time you need to draw that line in the sand. So that pushed me into um, a pretty bad situation. I was failing at my role. My badge was pretty tarnished. I was not succeeding. He was not cooperating with the project at hand. And uh, so thankfully, I, I went for inner healing and had prayer. And the first thing that was revealed in me is that I had no value in myself. I didn't see that God created a child who was worthy of love. I thought I had to perform to earn that love. And I brought all that baggage into this relationship. And I was trying to perform. Shelly, action hero on steroids. <laughs> trying, trying, trying. So when that inner healing came, my focus changed. I started finding who I was in God. And I it's just been a journey that just gets better and better. I can throw my shoulders back and say, I am in Isar Kinego, I am a helper made strong by a source that continually fuels unselfish, wise, effective help. So let's look at that. Let's look at some of the opposites. What does it look like 
to, we're up a couple slides here. Um, that was our quote by Graham Cook. A couple more slides, the switch. Good. So what does it look like when you're plugged into God as your source? And the next slide, letting go of expectations. Right? You have to. I wish I could come up with another solution. Letting go of expectations equals trust. It sounds great, doesn't it? But don't we need a little more information? How? So let's look at how. How do you trust God with your husband's spirituality? How do you trust God with your emotional needs? Well, the answer is you have to get to know the one you're trusting. You're not going to trust somebody you don't know. And if God's called us to let go of our expectations and trust him, we've got to get to know him. We need a deeper relationship with him. That's, that's what it is. So changing my focus from a performance to a relationship, to, to being known, to being loved, Go deeper with God. Get to know him. And so we're going to look at some practical things here. Um, and it's the next slide. One of the ways you get to know God more is you do everything with God. It's a mind switch. Not just church. Not just worship times. Not just ministry times. Everything. You wake up. You talk to him. You do your exercise. You make your breakfast. You clean up the dog poop. You, you just, everything. You see, we are united with God. Everywhere we go, He is. He is everywhere we are. He is your source. This isn't an infinite cord. You're, you're connected. You are in Him. So when you're in him, you do everything in him. And then the next slide, have at least one prayer partner and one mentor. I had a great prayer partner. She, um, she was very much in love with God. She just did everything with Jesus. And so when I would call her and start spieling on my latest, you know, challenge and what should I do about it, she'd go, hmm. Well, what is Jesus saying? Well, if Jesus had said something, I wouldn't need to call you. And it just drove me crazy, but it drove me to him. I, you see, I'd go to call her, and I'd go, oh, okay, I'd hang up, and I'd can, you know, have a prayer time and connect with God. It, it, I needed somebody, like training wheels. Do you understand that? I have a, an, a very good girlfriend in church. She, she was frustrated at the beginning of the year. She said, Mark and John, they always do ministry times, and they said, just stop and wait and hear God. Everybody would hear God and throw up answers. and it, it, Not throw up answers, but, you know, <laughs> pitching their, their answers. But, um, and she said, I heard nothing. She said, I didn't want to tell anybody. But she started meeting with a, with a mentor. And that mentor 
took her through steps. I think one of the steps was to write down questions in a journal and then to sit and wait and answer those questions in a journal. It, you, you see, this is something we can learn. If we wanted to learn the piano or volleyball, right, Gail? If we wanted to learn volleyball or something, you get a coach. So why do we think learning and discipleship and growing should be anything different? We need a coach. We need somebody that's just a little bit further down the road. It's got some practical helps. My mentors, I've had more than one mentor, and my one mentor helped me so tremendously with my emotions. She would um, encourage me to do something that would get rid of a lot of adrenaline before I, need, before I had my communication time with Mark, where I just felt he needed to hear something. So I would go and I'd run. And this is what I did with my kids when, when I worked with um, foster kids is they'd get really anxious or angry. I'd make them run the mountain up and down. By the time they'd come back, they were too tired to get mad at anybody else in the house. <laughs> you know, it worked for me too. And so I would be able to, um, and Mark will probably give this illustration tomorrow about women needing to try on emotions and they always start with the blackest, blackest, blackest. And I found if I could just get out and run or put on some worship music and just dance, then I could get there. And I have another mentor. Um, he's a, a professor of mine. He's a director of family life in Canada. He was so helpful through the years. It was almost like he was able to interpret Mark to me. You know, I'd be able to say, what's, what's that about? Or why doesn't he want to do this? Or why? And they would just sort of da-da-da-da-da. And I, oh, I, I just, I can't tell you what mentors and prayer partners and why not i mean what would stop us the only thing that stops us is being plugged in to this source that says you have to be independent don't let anybody know what you're going through look good on the outside what where's that from right that sounds a bit like you you, you know eat this apple you can be like god doesn't it it sounds a lot like independence. So check your source out because that's um, going to be a huge thing. And then practice Thanksgiving daily. There's only one way to get rid of the habit of criticism. You have to replace it. It doesn't get out easy, does it? I don't know if any of you tried. And This is the thing. Until we start to recognize the source behind our behavior... We're not going to change behavior. We might modify, paint it another color, dress it up a bit, but it's always going to remain there until we get that source. So figure out what's, what's giving that fuel. Unplug and plug into Jesus. He's much more fuel efficient. So that's probably a bad thing around the time. But anyway, um, studying this economic crisis, we're using that a lot around our home. So practice Thanksgiving daily. I challenged myself sometimes. I just did it the other day. I said, okay, I'm a bit grumpy here, not seeing the greatest things about Mark. It's time to sit down and write 100 things about Mark that I'm thankful for. You have to search. <laughs> okay? No, but 100, hon. 
Yeah, and you kept checking on me. I had the dumb thing to tell you what I was doing. You kept checking on me. I'm like stuck on 77. Do something. <laughs> so, so, okay. So let's think about that. Bad. So that's what expectations. Letting go of expectations and replacing them with trust. What about that badge that I was wearing that I needed to be the adjuster and inspector for Mr. Spiritual? How can I be an effective helper instead of ineffective? Okay, let's think about the before picture. So a couple slides ahead. Review what previous attempts looked like when fueled by other sources. Next slide. Okay, that is not an exaggeration in my home. Someone sent me that card and I thought, oh. That's just a little too close to home. That is a little too close to home. Shelley action figure, Mark reflective. That's uh, pretty, pretty sad. So let's look at the um, after picture. We have to learn to be listeners. Okay? Listen, listen, listen. You see... I had to go through an entire worldview change to, to zip the lip, clap the trap, and listen. I needed to listen to Mark. I needed to listen to how he was connecting with God. I needed to learn. So I went in the garden. Mark's a naturalist. He gets filled up with God sitting in the garden. So I stroll out. I think I'm going to join him in his spiritual expression. So I sit down. Wow, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> no, you don't go out and start a conversation, okay? The whole point of, <laughs> of, of being refreshed in the garden was the silence, okay? How many years did it take me, honey? A long time. Did I learn? Yes, yes I learned. You see, what can happen is if you... Let go of your spiritual expectations. You learn to listen. You can join in their spiritual expression. A discernment from God comes. And that's what makes you effective. Okay? Either a man or a woman. You're going to be effective when your discernment is coming from God. So a couple of examples from this. You become a listener. But another example was that I found... Um, when it came to the Bible, I would want to read things like the battles of the Old Testament and the Acts of the Apostles and the Epistles. And so I'd say to Mark, great, let's read this and you know, have a discussion. And, and I'd read him something and he'd say, hmm, I would need to think about that. Okay, so I knew that wasn't going to work, right? So I, I had to think and pray and so I found that sitting outside and just, just thinking one line of a psalm. Mark, Mark is really touched by psalms. He's really touched by the life of Jesus. But it doesn't go fast, okay, guys? <laughs> this man has been teaching the life of Jesus now for what? Twelve? Yes. Several dozen years. And, um, yes, where are we now on the life of Jesus? The... One-tenth of the way through. 
So it, it's slowing down. The other <laughs> so the other thing I also wanted to say is um, my girlfriend, um, I asked her husband what has changed. Uh, they, they were married, and the one I told you about, the one that didn't find anything interesting in the chapter, and uh, he, he uh, actually wrote me something, so I want to read it to you. Um, when, we read, when we read the Bible, I wasn't struck with anything deep to build a discussion on, and therein lies the issue. What I was reading wasn't familiar to me. Since that time, my faith, prayer life, and spiritual leadership within my family and relationship have grown. A lot of it's been due to my wife's presence, he said, but also our church did something called 30 for 30, 30 minutes with God for 30 days. And what happened is his spiritual expression is one of an encounter. He started encountering God. And when he encountered God, that led him into the Word. And he writes this. He goes, Spiritual growth must contain one ingredient in particular, actively seeking God on your own. You can't be spoon-fed for an hour by a pastor and then go about your business for the other 167 hours. You need to actively seek Him on your own. And that starts with reading the Word. You see, with familiarity comes confidence. And with confidence comes inspiration. So I charge anyone who wants to get more of God in their life to start reading the Word of God. Isn't that interesting? See, sometimes we just think, well, that's not me. And sometimes we need to plug in and say, well, maybe it needs to be me. You see, we're spiritual beings. We, we need to develop our spirituality. There's a great book by Gary Thomas. It's called Sacred Pathways. And he, he expresses nine different ways that people connect with God. And um, I, I've mentioned a couple of ours, but, and, there's, and there's more. But it's really important that you don't just get passive and say, oh, well, that's just not me. That's John. That's Mark. That's Pastor Bob. Again, if, if God divinely designed us to have relationship with him, he's going to give us what we need. So another thing um, that happened was really, um, like I said, learning to listen. There's no shortcuts to that. But um, going a couple more forward, thanks Wayne. No, no shortcuts to listen to God. And the next one, Learn your husband's spiritual expression and join. And the third one, write out God's prayers for your husband or your wife. Now, I said before, I'm an enthusiastic. Sometimes I'm just really high and sometimes I'm really low. So prayers for my husband go really high and really not. <laughs> do you ever find that? Do you get on this thing? I'm going to pray for my husband. You do Stormy O'Martin's prayer for your husband 31 days. You make it five. You know, or you'd really say, I'm really going to pray for my wife. I went on a men's retreat. You make it five, maybe six days. You lose the momentum. Well, um, one of my mentors taught me about the importance of crafting a prayer. And what that is, is sitting down with God and saying, how do you want me to pray for this person? What's on your heart? And when I hear that, then I write it out. 
and I put it on a card, and it's the first thing I pray, last thing I pray at night. Because this, again, is our divine design. If we're going to love one another unselfishly, if we're going to draw out God's qualities in one another, there has to be an element of prayer. What? I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm off my rocker, but I, I don't think there's another way to plug into your source. So I wrote out prayers. And um, sometimes I took um, things that I had heard spoken over him. Sometimes they were just direct. And a couple years ago, I felt the Lord showing me to pray for Mark that he know his purpose. And it sounded like kind of a strange prayer. I mean, he's an associate pastor. He was busy leading groups and speaking and traveling. So what's this purpose deal? So for two years, I prayed that. And then uh, we were in our small group about four months ago. And Mark said, the, the strangest thing happened to me out of the blue. He goes, I was in a meeting. And I had been really feeling like I had lost my purpose. I didn't really know the direction. And God just showed me my purpose again. And, and I said to him afterwards, I said, you know, I'm not sure how out of the blue that was. I think that might have been the fruit of sowing that prayer. So I was encouraged. So I encourage you all. None of this happens without our participation. Like Mark said, we've, we've got total freedom when he was given the choice of, do you want to live with your selfishness and stretch it out over 30 years, or do you want to deal with it now? My question is to you is, do you want to stop and examine what's charging and fueling your behaviors in your relationships? So for the, for the last 10 minutes, I'm just going to have Wayne um, put on this last slide. Um, oh, one more thing. Back one slide. I presented this talk from my point of view as action Shelley figure. Now, I think I'm a little over the top, and I don't represent the average person <laughs> just because I am so action-oriented. I, I haven't seen anybody else here dressed with bullets and guns. But um, there are many temperaments here. And one of the things I've found when I'm spending time with women is passivity can be confused with submission. You think just because you're quiet and you're doing what your husband says that you're doing your job. Well, I charge you to take that role of prayer seriously. For me, the antidote was to calm down and to be less active. For some of you, you might need to charge up a bit, whether you're a man or a woman. And the same thing, tolerance isn't loving your wife. So, I mean, my prayer is that I haven't been too hard, too raw, too hard here I guess, you know, there's something happens that you get to speak once a year, and I guess you just want to get it all out. And I'll probably never get to speak again, so um, I guess it's just all out now. But the only reason I say that is because I love you. I, 
I don't want you to go through years of frustration, of ineffectiveness. I really don't. I want you to enjoy who you are, who God made you to be. You have a divine design. So we're going to take the last 10 minutes and we're just going to sit. You can talk with whoever you came with. You can um, just have a time of silence. But I think God has a lot better things to input than what we've shared. He can take whatever you needed to hear tonight and just underline it right now. Wayne's going to play some soft music. So, Father, I pray for us right now. I pray that we experience the love that you have for us, the width and the length and the height and the depth, that we know your love that passes all knowledge so that we can trust you, that we come to you, and that our marriages, our relationships are led and fueled by you. So, Father, just take us in this time of reflection and just show us who or what has been charging us and perhaps something that you will initiate to change. Thank you, Father. So I'll just uh, let you know when 10 minutes is up and then we'll be dismissed. Um, some of you in this room will look around and see uh, some older couples uh, maybe that you would be able to pursue even and talk to about uh, mentoring. Uh, it has been life-changing, like I said, the mentors that we've had, just even peer mentoring. Uh, there's a great marriage group. Phil and Christina in our church lead a marriage group, and I know you guys have got great small groups, but this isn't a sport you do alone, is it? No, it isn't. So thank you very much. Well, thank you for coming tonight. And tomorrow at 9, we have a fabulous full breakfast here. So, And for the kids, too. So you can bring the kids, and we can all eat together. Then at 9.30, we begin the next phase of the seminar. So come and get a great breakfast at 9. We'll start at 9.30, so let's pray. Father, thank you for all that we received tonight. And we pray that we will retain the spirit of what we've learned and the, the salient points that are applicable to each of us. Let it retain. Let the enemy not snatch it away, but let us carry out good stuff tonight with us. Amen.